G'day guys and girls and welcome back to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. How are you doing today? Pretty good. It's good to be back. Um, just before we get started on anything else, because this is going to be a potentially very angry podcast today. Oh my god! Um, I just want to sh- throw a quick shout out to our friend of the podcast, Brody. Thank you very much for filling in for me last week. Oh, okay. um, I wasn't missing in shame or anything like that that you guys cast aspersions about. Weren't you though? Um, I had just literally not seen any of the games that weekend. So yeah, you were you were away all weekend, and yeah. you thought it'd be best to have someone sub in for you. Now uh, you mentioned though it's going to be a potentially very angry podcast, and yeah, so so thanks, Brody, and um, good to be back. Yeah, so straight into absolutely. it. Absolutely, I feel like I have to throw out a few like serenity nows or something this week. Just serenity <laughs> now, serenity now, because uh, <laughs> due to uh, unforeseen medical circumstance, I am not allowed to get. Enraged this week. Uh, <laughs> so I'm the one that has to get enraged. Yeah, you're the one who has to get enraged. I, I can probably manage that. I've got to keep calm. I've got to keep the blood pressure under control this week. And that's very, very hard to do after that horrible, horrible week of fantasy football. So I'll just backtrack slightly for all our concerned listeners out there. Um, there's nothing to be worried about. The health concerns are all good. It's oh, just yeah. <laughs> um, our good host, Christian, here is a. Uh, goalkeeper for an indoor soccer team and apparently didn't realise you're allowed to use your hands to stop the ball Accurate. and um, decided to use his eye instead. Yeah, so, so, but yeah. all good, although you do look like you're wearing mascara on just one half of your face, which is quite an interesting look right now. Thanks, thanks, mate. appreciate that. Um, it's a weird personal compliment right there. Uh, we'll kick the podcast off and we'll jump straight into the first game, which was Adelaide and Collingwood. Yep. Uh, I have no idea what happened here because... The Magpies smashed the Crows at home. This was just ridiculous. Yeah, it was very interesting, actually. Um, not what I was expecting. Uh, it was a bit of a wet game, and Adelaide did go in very tall, so that might have contributed, but it was more than that. They, yeah. they were just... Collingwood was just on top around the ball the whole game. Yeah, they really were. They were woeful, um, the Crows. But on the Magpies side of the ledger, you know, their midfield guys, they really hit back, and they hit hard. So Steel Sidebottoms had a great year so far. Mm-hmm. Trelaw came back in a big way, and that was a big thing for a lot of people to see. He'd been pretty poor so far this yeah, year. Yeah, 11 tackles is huge. Which um, that's really massive. Things. And he was doing that in the preseason as well, so everyone was looking for that, and... You know, he will be bottoming out in price at some point soon. And if he puts up another score like this in the Anzac Day game coming up, I have no issues with jumping on the back of Adam Trelaw because he's a he's really talented at fantasy footy. Yep, I like it. Um, I we'll get onto uh, some of our rock woes uh, a little <laughs> bit later on. But okay. one guy who's gone bloody well is uh, Brody Grundy. I he am is. desperately trying to look for a way to get him into my salary cap side. Yeah, and this was Cox was playing this game, wasn't he? He was, yeah. And so. Are we looking like, uh, what was it, two, three years ago when mm-hmm. it was Gorn and Grundy were the two guys? Yep. It's looking that way again. Yeah, I think that theory we had at this in, stage, yeah, anyway. The theory in preseason that, uh, you know, everyone was worried about how Grundy would perform fantasy-wise with Cox in the side, I think we can throw that out the window. Me and Brody said last week that Cox is really being played as a full forward. Yep. Very and deep. just giving him a small chop out every now and then. So Grundy's going to go great guns. And this was year. against a legitimate um, rock contest. Oh, as yeah, well, so. Jacob. So he's already proved it. Um uh, Tom Phillips is one for draft leagues who's been doing really well this year. Mm, um, I quite like him. He's averaging just over 95. Um, we, we've got a question coming up actually a little bit later about Tom Phillips. We'll talk about him a bit we'll there. We'll talk about him a bit there. Uh, the other guy I want to personally point out is Jaden Stevenson, who mm. unfo- I've still got on my bench in salary cap, but he wasn't on the field, <laughs> unfortunately, for me. <laughs> But 89, it's reset his break-even, uh, yes. which is fantastic. I think, I'm think i not 100% sure what his break-even is. I did is. check earlier in the week. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it might have been about 20 or 
20 or 30, I think. Let's have a little bit of a look-see here. So he's got a break-even of oh, 21. Yeah. yeah, so he's reset that break-even. And even if he goes at, you know, 50 to 60 or something for the next few weeks, yeah. he'll make you some money. Look, I this score was boosted by four goals, mm. so he's not going to be up at this level. So don't jump on chasing this score. Don't play him on your field chasing this score. Oh, but if you do want to jump on as a potentially a quick cash grab for the, if you've got nothing much else to do in salary cap, yep. I don't hate it for maybe Fortnite yep. or so. Five goals as well, man. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't just Even four better. goals. It was ridiculous. Uh, just before we move on, actually, there is a couple more guys I want to talk about from Collingwood. They, they are a more fantasy-friendly side, so we do mm-hmm. spend a bit of time on them each week. Uh, Sam Murray was terrific. You've got to play him on your field each week. Ignore what Brody said last week, guest of the podcast coming on and telling uh, people it's not a must field. Throwing lots of... Uh, of opinions around for a guest of a podcast. Uh, it was, there was a few hot takes up there, which was great. But, uh, yeah, you have to play Sam Murray. He's too good. I agree, yeah. Of those sort of go-to defensive rookies, um, Dode, Finlayson, Sam. and Murray, Murray's probably the one that I feel most comfortable playing yeah, on the field, to me be too. With Finlay, Finlayson probably just behind him, yeah. and then Dode it's a, a fair, fair way off, yeah, because he is a key defender. Yeah. Um, another guy is uh, yeah, going right down the list, and this hurts after 115 last week. Jack Crisp. Yeah, so I want to sort of bundle this a little bit. Yeah. The Pies rebounding halfbacks, because you've got Sharon Berg on 57, Maynard on 56, Crisp on 55, Mm -hmm. Tom Langdon on 49. Mm -hmm. Um, Particularly for uh, Jeremy Howe on 42. Yeah. Um, Yeah, particularly for draft leagues. So these guys have the ability, all of them have the ability to go at an 80-plus average at their best. And and guys like Jack Crisp, uh, I've done it before. Yeah, we've seen him get uh, go over 95-plus as a defender. And even Matt Scharenberg last year was actually tracking towards a 90-plus average. But, yeah, it's really a merry-go-round. Too many mouths to feed in that halfback Mm. position. I've got no confidence in them. I've got Crisp. He's one of the many, many reasons that I had a woeful salary cap score this week, Jack Crisp, and I'm desperately looking for a way to get him out of my team. It's depressing. Yeah, I, I Crisp is probably the only one people would have in salary cap. Yeah. I think he's too up and down to actually hold in salary cap. Mm. I'm not sure what his break-even is at the moment, so whether you can hold him for a couple more weeks. 102. Oh, yeah. He's, so he's going to be bleeding cash. Yeah, you probably need to be looking at an option there, but I would understand if you've got bigger concerns mm. in draft. Um, there might not be any better options on the waiver wire, but I would have no confidence with pretty much any of those guys on the field. One guy you could switch him to is Paul Seatsman. Now he's I the, would have confidence in He Seatsman. is looking so good this year. Like he's he's picked up that Brody Smith role really well. But the thing about Brody Smith is he never really seemed like he was in contention uh, to be a you know a premium defender in salary mm-hmm. cap leagues. For draft leagues, he was a great depth player. But Seedsman is pushing towards almost a one hundred average. Is that just because we have so many, so few good options in salary cap this year, though? There really are. And we've got the first round of DPP changes coming up in a couple of weeks' time. So don't, you know, if you're thinking about a straight swap for like a Cade Simpson or so after a couple of bad weeks, don't be doing that. You've got Simpson in for the long haul. You've got him in for the year. He's going to be, he'll he'll even out over the course of the year. But if you've got like a Jack Crisp, I have no issue with straight swapping them. Because it's going to cost you a little bit, though. It might cost you a little bit, but, you know, it's it's awful what Crisp is putting out on the field at the moment. He's gone from 115 to 55. That's, yeah. you know, just too up and down for me. Um, Rory Laird's just keeping on keeping on. He's great. Same with Bryce Gibbs. Uh, the one I did want to point out, though, actually, was... Uh, uh, where is he there? Um, Hugh Greenwood for draft leagues. He's... Yes. I'll, Ellis Yorman and Greenwood. Yeah, Ellis Yorman. I want to bundle them. Yeah. 
because they're, they're, they're basically playing the same role. And they're only going to be useful while the Crouch brothers are out. Yeah. So once Matt Crouch comes back in in probably two weeks' time, and then Brad Crouch, I think, is five weeks away from this he, point. He lost the artist pubis, so it could take as oh, long geez. as it takes. Yeah. So really watch closely which one of them is getting on top. I honestly think that... <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll just throw in as well, particularly with Sloan <clears throat> playing injured at the moment, oh, because God. they may rest him at some point, or even if they don't rest him, he's not going to be playing at full capacity. So there's going to be added emphasis on getting these guys involved in the play. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, to be honest, I think Cam ellis Yorman is probably the most at risk once uh, Matt Crouch comes back. Greenwood really does have another role that he can play as a tall, uh, marking, capable forward. Yeah. Uh, Cam ellis Yorman is a really do that. straightforward midfielder. So Yeah, that's fair. Although of the two, I think ellis Yorman's probably slightly ahead as a midfielder. Yeah. So yeah. it balances out a little bit, but mm-hmm. at this point in time, Love both of them as yep. draft guys, not salary cap. Yeah, uh, Tom Dode, uh, Tommy D, he still has money to make, so don't worry about his fifty. You know, he'll yep. he'll still be on your uh, hopefully on your bench for a couple of weeks. But even if he's on your field, he's got the ability to go sixty to seventy. So yep. break even at twenty four. Playing Sydney this week, mm. so actually playing Sydney this week. Um, Greenwood and Ellis Yorman. Yep, don't mind playing them on the field mm. um, in your drafts. Yeah, this true. week because that's going to be a contested. Ball game. Absolutely. And that's what they thrive on. I agree. Um, Rory Sloan, you brought him up earlier. Oh, he, you know, he is playing injured. Oh, tell me about it. I've got him in keepers. <laughs> he was just one of many issues I had this week. If you have him in a draft league, uh, you probably drafted him relatively early, maybe the second or third round. For the next week or so, especially for this week coming <coughs> up, would you be tempted to um, play him on the... So, not play him on the field. So, put him on the bench. Well, the good thing about ultimate footy is you can loophole guys. Mm. That's what I'm doing with Sloan this week um, in my keeper league. I'm going to stick him on the bench. I've got a um, midfielder that is not playing. Yep. So if Sloan plays well, I'll switch that non-playing midfielder onto the field and um, Sloan will come on and, and fill that role. Good call. Um, if he plays badly, I'll just leave him on the bench and roll with someone else in that spot. So yeah, like um, you can do that in ultimate footy, which is good, although you are running the risk of if you have another out... Um, down the track, you could potentially uh, yeah, as, not have a donut. So. As I ran into when Mitch Duncan was a late out those couple of weeks ago, <coughs> which was a bit of a worry. Um, but we'll move on to the next game of the round. That was mm-hmm. the Giants and Dockers. Uh, <laughs> it was an interesting game to watch, actually, just for the fact that the wind was pushing the ball all around. Oh, it was amazing. amazing. So much swing on some of those shots. Oh, well. All the sandpaper involved. <laughs> um, I heard so many of those jokes from the commentators as well. They, they latched they on. Um, the Giants, they did... Uh, just enough in the end to get ahead of them. But for me, the Dockers probably should have won this match. It was just kicking efficiency that sort of held them now. Oh, I think their first half was good. Their second half wasn't. Mm. Um, I don't think they were embarrassed, though. No, they weren't embarrassed. It was just I, I did feel like the Dockers could have gotten this game. Like, structures went out the window, basically, in, this, in the second half yeah. when they played badly. Mm. Um, so for the Giants, Nick Haynes was actually the top scorer for the game. Mm. That's a great game from him. He's not going to do that every week. You know, no, he's a capable defender for draft leagues. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be looking at him in salary cap, but for drafts, no. he can go average of 75, 80 quite easily. He could, yeah, but you'd probably find that he's definitely not on your waiver lists. Uh, no, he will be taken. And unless you own him and want to sell him high to someone, uh, don't go... I don't hate that idea, though. No, don't hate that idea at all. If you've got someone a bit gullible in your league and uh, they're low on defensive players, if you want to sell him to Kane's high, I've got no issue with it doing that after a 122. Um, Stephen Kinnear, oh, 
He's just probably the most we, consistent. We can almost yeah. move past him. He's doing this every week. So good. Uh, Tim Taranto had a great bounce back. That was something I really wanted to see. So, mm. uh, And the reason for that is Kelly. Yes. Yes. So it seems that... Your theory seems to hold. Yeah. When they have too many midfielders in there, he just gets pushed into the forward line. Uh, which, you know, he is a capable forward as well. So that's why they want to do that. He's quite dangerous around goals. Hmm. But it just means that his uh, fantasy scoring goes right out the window. Yeah. Yeah. So when Kelly comes back and if Hopper is playing at the same time, you know, with uh, unless they have an injury to, say, Shield as well or one of those other midfielders, you know, that might be when you need to move Taranto out of your salary cap side. Obviously, keep him in draft leagues. He's still got the ability to score really well for your forward line. But you want to jump off at the point of his highest value in salary cap. Uh, so just keep an eye on the midfield lineup of the Giants. Jeez, uh, anyone else you want to point out there? Apart from way, way down the list, which is really depressing. Uh, bloody Lockie Whitfield has just... Oh, oh, oh serenity now. It is, it is burning me up inside, the fact that I traded this guy into my salary cap team after the two 120s, and he's gone 60 and 60. Um... Yeah, what we've learned is he cannot handle attention. Not so at if if you think that the team he's playing is going to put any attention into him whatsoever, bench him. He is, and this is in draft, obviously. In salary cap, you're, you're kind of stuck you're, you're playing kind, him. You're kind of stuck playing with him unless you want to trade him out. But oh my god, it was woeful. He was on four points at half time, and he well, he got sixty two in the second half, which saved him. But geez, this was awful to see. So in salary cap, you're still hoping that he gets defensive status. Uh, I think he just does, but geez, if he does play on a wing in this last round, it might throw his defense midfield ratio just a little bit out of his It may do, yes. I'm just trying to find what his break even is this week. Oh, to, uh, I wouldn't even check, mate. I reckon it's going to be up around 140. It's ridiculous. <clears throat> 138. Jesus Christ, that was just a guess. I oh, calm down, calming self, <laughs> calming down. Um, anyone else you want to talk about from the uh, the Giants, mate? Um, ben Lason obviously was great. He's still got a lot of coin to make. A lot of coin to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, break even to zero. So, yeah. um, yep, keep him in. Mm-hmm. Not really. The rest of them are kind of what you'd expect. Yeah. Well, um, pleasantly to... surprised that Dawson Simpson got 70, mm. uh, filling in for Lob. Um, yeah. No word yet on whether Lob's back this week or not. But right. if you're down a rock position in a draft, mm-hmm. um, don't hate the idea of grabbing. Yeah, um, uh, Dawson Simpson, Simpson mm. off the waivers. Yeah, great. He's only 51% owned, yeah. and he plays the Saints next. So, and, and they've got a bit of a merry-go-round with their Ruckman as well. So. Yeah, you can tend to get some points against the Saints yeah. in the Ruck. What, the young fellow Marshall. Was it Marshall? Ron Marshall? Uh, got a concussion last week, yeah, so I'm so likely to play. He'll probably not play. Interesting. Uh, for the Dockers' side, Stephen Hill's been going great guns since he came back in, and he's playing off the halfback flank. Mm. Uh, now, we do have a question about that a little bit later, so I, I won't go too okay. much into cool. him. But, yeah, he's looking really, really good this year. He's playing a great role. My only worry for Stephen Hill in terms of his scoring like this, uh, if they stick a hardcore tagger onto him, like they've done with Lockie Whitfield, like other teams I have think done, he'll handle it better, though, because he, he has dealt with taggers in the early days of his mm-hmm. career, and he was starting to show signs of being able to work through it. I 100% disagree. I've never, ever seen Stephen Hill work out of a tag. I have. I've, I've seen other players uh, get tagged ahead of him mm-hmm. after that, So, and they put, you know, like uh, something like Nathan Jones did, where a sac- uh, player sacrifices a bit of their game, but they're not mm-hmm. a 100% tagger like a Ben Jacobs, uh, because teams have had to stop Lockie Neal, teams have had to stop Matt Fife. 
you know, these sorts of, and even Brad Hill for a little bit yeah, last yeah. year. Um, but I've never, I don't think I've ever once seen Stephen Hill break through a hardcore tag as someone who's been sat on him for the entire game. I'm pretty sure I have a few times towards the end of that period where he was the guy getting tagged mm. before Fife started taking all the attention. Mm. But anyway, but we'll it, move on. Yeah, I think I, I do think it, it is will the affect risk. his score. Yeah. Um, so Dave Mundy's actually been terrific as well, to be honest. He's, uh, he's averaging just under 90 as a forward. Mm. If you picked him up in your draft league, you've done really well, but he... You know, I, I, he's definitely not going to be available in any of them unless you're paying way over his value. You're paying overs at this point, and I wouldn't be looking at him in South Africa. Oh, no, so no. He's, he's just not worth enough. There's a lot of high-scoring forwards available to us in salary cap, which we're pretty lucky about this year, considering last year's. Um, Lockie Neal could have done a lot more than this, actually. I think he was a he was somewhere around 70 at half time and ended up on 102. But this is still a solid game. Yeah, solid game, but this kind of seems to be Neil this year. Mm. Going well, but you feel he's got another gear to go to at yeah, some point. True. Um, I've actually heard some word that Aaron Sandlands also might be needing a bit of a rest at some point soon. Yeah, well, if you saw this game, he had a massive um, like body armour on underneath his um, Guernsey oh, yeah, covering his ribs. He did, so too, didn't he? he? I don't know if that's a usual thing for him or not. I think it might be. Mm-hmm. But I have also heard similar rumours that he's playing a bit sore. Yeah, so just keep an eye out because that uh, that might also open the door for Meek. what's his name? Meek. Yeah, Lloyd Meek. So the Who is 170000 in salary cap. Yeah, it could be uh, worth a little bit of a look. Um, so, um, you know, obviously if uh, Aaron Sandlands is maybe given a couple of weeks of rest, you know, yeah. you're not going to get him in for one week. Um, no, probably not. Yeah, unless you were prematurely downgrading Tim English, which would be a little bit silly. Or He's got a lot of money to make. The one I'm considering is moving on Frisch. Frisch? Moving Tim English to my forward line and then bringing Meek in. That's a great idea, actually. I don't mind that at all because, because Tim English is uh, making uh, scoring enough where you could comfortably play him on your field over a Fritz or a only downside is Tim English is playing Frio this week. So if Sandy uh. is playing, English is going to get destroyed. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Ooh, so, I, anyway, tossing well, that up at the Actually, moment. maybe not, maybe not. Uh, Tim English isn't making a lot of his points from hitouts. Uh, he is making points from uh, getting the running ball around the ground. So, yeah. he could do that. He could beat uh, Aaron Sandlands on the spread. Um, the other player I just want to quickly point out is Bailey Banfield, who's doing so much better than I initially thought uh, yeah. when he was given that real tagging role. Uh, he's got a lot of money left to make, guys. Don't don't look to get him out of your team. Agreed. Yeah. Yes, he does indeed. I'll uh, tell you what his break-even is. Yeah. Uh, one sec. Well, I just want to talk about Luke Ryan as well. He's He's got a break-even of five, does he, Banfield? He wow, does. that's great. Uh, yeah, he's got a lot of coin to make. Uh, Luke Ryan. A lot of people yeah. had high hopes about this guy for salary cap. So in draft leagues, this guy is still a keeper. Don't get me wrong. Agreed. But in salary cap leagues... No. He's just too up and down. There's there's no consistency with his scoring yet. It's on his role as well. Mm. So this weekend, I'm pretty sure he was playing lockdown on Toby Green. Toby Green, yeah. And Green's the sort of guy you don't give him any space. No. So Ryan wasn't really able to run off that that much. Yeah, agreed. Um, versus those previous weeks where he was scoring well, he was playing more loose. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it will be match-up dependent to a degree. Yeah. Um, and you don't want that to be a salary cap, guys. Yeah. You want them to be free pretty much the whole time. Yeah. Awesome. Just before we move on to the next game, it is time to jump off Andrew Brayshaw for me as well. So if you yeah. haven't already, uh, he's just not making any scores above 50 uh, and he's hit his break-even already. So his break-even's around about the high 40s, which is pretty much what he's scoring. He's made the money 
that he's going to make. Move him on. Move him on. Um, um, only one more guy. Yep. Oh, yep. Uh, Michael Walters. Yeah, uh, down week this week. 68. Don't panic. Nah. He'll bounce back. Exactly. He was on 40-something, 50-something at half time, mm-hmm. and he didn't touch it in the second half. Yeah when Frio's structures completely fell away, so you'll bounce back. It should be a little bit more open uh, at Optus Stadium against the Bulldogs this week, so you know exactly. I, I reckon Walters will score very well this week. Uh, moving on to the uh, the smashing that was the Tigers-Lions game. This was yeah. crazy. Um, Dusty. Dusty. Now, he's another one we've got a question about a little bit later, but 111 Dream Team points. He was terrific. My worry is that you know, if he doesn't get DPP status, which we will talk about a little bit later, mm-hmm. he, will he consistently be able to score above 100 to gar- to qualify him being in your midfield in salary cap? Uh, yes. You reckon he'll, as a forward, he will score over 100? He won't be playing as a forward like this mm-hmm. all year. This was a, we're going to win this regardless of what we do. Let's rest him by playing him forward. Oh, yeah, yeah, good point, good point. So he's not going to be doing this every week. So I've got no concerns that he's going to be cracking the ton as a midfielder for yeah, us. They'll probably need to, uh, you know, if they're struggling in a game because they won't be playing pushovers like Brisbane every single week, they'll need to put Dusty into the midfield to get those points. Absolutely, yeah, and point. then he'll go back to last year. Yeah, This um, is just another string to his bow. Uh, yeah, but for such a, a dominant game, uh, and I know that the weather wasn't great, uh, you know, so it wasn't really mm-hmm. conducive to uh, fantasy scoring, there weren't many great scores in it, to be honest. There were a few in the 90s, so Cochin was consistent. Uh, Lambert's had a few great weeks, which has been good to see from draft leagues. He might have had one great week. As he, uh, I think he's been uh, going around about, I think he's had a couple of 80s and maybe... He's also had a couple of... Um, oh, yeah, actually... 50s. I could I be. This I might could, be his first. I could week. be thinking of Castagna. Actually, I could be wrong because Castagna's actually had uh, two scores in the eighties and one in the nineties now from uh, four weeks. So, I think you're thinking of Castagna. Yeah, so I might be thinking of that scoring. So he's one to look at in draft leagues because he is very, very much under owned. Um, uh, I think it's around twenty percent or something like that ownership of Castagna. Um, yeah. But Richmond as a whole. So what we've said all season mm. is Richmond are not scoring fantasy points. Um, and I can back that up with the fact that after four rounds into the season now, mm-hmm. Richmond have scored the third fewest points as a team. Yeah. It, they're not a fantasy team, guys. And they're only just ahead of the last yeah. two. If you're a Richmond fan, you can't be team-centric. So just because they're your team doesn't mean that you should get in a ton of Richmond players. So you've got to make sure that you're picking players with your head, not your heart. Um, on the other side of the ledger for the Lions, you know, Steph Martin got it done again which was great to see. You know, I was a little bit worried about this game because sometimes they'll have a bit of a fall after a great week the week before. But no, Steph Martin came out and knocked out another 100. So is Steph Martin the Ruckman that you would most happy partnering Gorn at the end of the year in your salary cap side? Or would you prefer like Grundy? Uh, Grundy? For yeah. me, it's one of those two. Grundy yeah. or, or Steph, Steph Martin. Martin. We both have Goldstein, which sucks so much. Yeah, that didn't quite work out as planned. But um, at this stage, I will say Grundy just over Martin, you reckon? Yeah, Yeah. I think so. Mm. But that's gut feel more than any actual evidence. Yeah, I'm pretty happy saying, like, if you have Steph Martin, don't... Keep uh, him, don't yeah, move him on. Yeah, exactly. You, you don't need to move up to Grundy. But if you have neither of those players like us, I'd probably look more towards Grundy because his ceiling... Yeah, I, I know I say this after so. 177. I think his ceiling is slightly higher than... I think the consistency months. of his ceiling is yes, more... there we go. ...consistent. 
if so, that makes sense. I'll put that on a t-shirt. That <laughs> consistency of your ceiling is more consistent. Oh, you yeah. <laughs> I'll go with that. Um, we'll you move, know what I mean. Yeah, we'll move on. Some good scores from Mitch Robinson. He's been pretty good all year, to be honest. He's been very, very consistent. Um, what? What? I saw a bit of anger in your voice. Just no, no, it was excitement. Witherden and Rayner doing yeah. something. Yeah, Witherden and Rayner. So they are, um, you know, good young players. Witherden, I... A lot of people actually picked him at the start of the year in salary cap leagues after his great finish to last year. Yeah, it was, it was a silly decision, but he has been pretty consistent. So for draft leagues, he's been pretty good. Um, and Rainer, we all know he's struggled so far this year, but he got in amongst it in this game. So yeah, he is and, and the good a, thing was he was in amongst it. Exactly. In and under. If you own him in a keeper league, so if you drafted him, uh, just don't jump off of someone after, after a few poor weeks. He is going to be a great player in the future, Cam Rayner. So, you know, make sure you keep him. He's a prospect player. It may take three years or so before he really starts to dominate, mm-hmm. but he's going to be terrific. Um, yeah, apart from that, Alan Christensen is one that most of us actually have. I think it's around about a quarter of the league still have in um, salary cap. Uh, yes, and he still has money to make. Yes, he does. So Break keep, even at 34. Keep him on your side. Playing Gold Coast. Yeah. We have, uh, where are my notes? Uh, they've given up a lot of points anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I love how readily accessible your notes were. So you're just like, nah, nah, they, they've given up a lot oh, of I'll points. I'll tell you exactly how much. Um, points against, they've oh, given God. up the something like the sixth most points against. Yeah, so, they, four rounds. so they are going to be giving up some points this week. Um we will. Uh, I feel like we should move on to the next game. Actually, there really wasn't too much to see, and the weather has affected quite a few matches this weekend because all those ma- matches played in Melbourne were pretty much played underwater. There was yeah, yeah. pretty much, um, and the Friday night game in South Australia as well. Um, Zorko, yeah, Zorko. Do we want to talk about Zorko? I don't. Or just move on? I don't want to talk about Zorko too much. He's just doing awfully this year. Uh, a friend of mine actually threw me a trade involving Zorko. Um, this week, uh, and I just did not want to touch it. it but we may talk about him later on in a new segment oh, to be unveiled. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, yeah, we do have just a little season. Keep listening, yeah. everyone. Beauty. Um, so, the uh, the Bulldogs and the Swans, this was a really good game. This was an absolute cracker. One of the few good games to watch. And partially because it was played at Eddie Had with the roof closed, so you could actually <laughs> watch, a, watch a bit of a skilled football there. Um, the Swans just got up, and it was only in the last couple of, maybe in the last few seconds, actually, they got ahead. For such a good game, mm. it was unfortunate for Dunkley. Yeah. Because he could have got him the win. Yeah, that's true. We'll, um, we'll push on to the Swans first. Um, Luke Parker had a really good game. He was He's going to do this. He's going to have up and down fantasy scores, depending on he's his role in He's always been like this. Yeah. So, um, you, you've just got to take the good with the bad, Luke Parker. I would be looking to jump off at some point soonish if you have him in a salary cap league because you probably didn't get him thinking he was going to be a top eight midfielder by the end of the year. You, you would have got, got him because he was a bit underpriced. Exactly. Um, I don't think he's going to be consistent enough to make you too much money, so it's probably a half-decent idea to jump off soon. His break-even is 113. Yeah, so he may... Playing Adelaide this week, and mm. their midfield is a little unstrength, though, so... Yeah, it could be interesting. Maybe, definitely... Or maybe give him one more week, I'd say. Yeah, see how he goes. Uh, Lance Franklin, again, he he wasn't really in the goals for most of the day, and then to, just towards the end, he had finished on three goals for... He's just a terrific forward. 
we'll move on from him. Yeah. Um, Isaac Heaney actually had a down game in the end. From what I thought he was doing, I was watching this game. I saw him everywhere. <coughs> I thought he was. <laughs> you okay? You sound like you're dying. Oh, right? it's, I've got this sort of leftover <laughs> cough from a cold that just won't go away. Sorry, everyone, if I'm breaking your eardrums every time I cough. I desperately reached toward the uh, the volume knob on your microphone every time I see you like. Lean away. I'm from leaning the mic. as far away from the mic as I can without getting out of my chair. <laughs> right. um, yeah, Isaac Heaney. So he was. Uh, we we watched his game together, and he just looked like he was dominating the game, and he very well might have been from a, a from uh, a fa- from a footy perspective. Yeah, exactly. But from a fantasy perspective, he only finished on eighty eight. So, but this has been consistent trend the entire season. Mm. He looks amazing whenever he's actually around the ball and mm-hmm. it looks like he's around the ball a lot and it looks like he's working really hard the scores just aren't translating yeah because um, I, I honestly would have thought that he would have been averaging around about uh, maybe a, 100 to 100 yeah low hundreds basically yeah. maybe about 102 yeah but he's going at uh, just under 91 so you know it's I'm not sold on whether he's actually a a top six forward at the end yeah, of the year exactly uh, I'm going to give him another couple of weeks just to see what happens but if it keeps going at this rate you might have to get rid of him if you don't think he's going to be a top scorer because it's getting a bit worrying. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, he's not the most pressing issue you might no, you have. You don't need to move him on. But it's just a little bit worrying for me. And yeah. another worry is Jake Lloyd. Jeez, he's been shocking. Just... Yes, not good at all. Well, he is... Uh, he's you been, were high on him pre-season I was well. high on him pre-season. I didn't start with him because I was worried about the seagull tag that he got uh, planted with. And there's a good reason for that because he's an uncontested player. And uncontested players have bad games. Yep. So a contested player will at least be near the ball. But if the ball's not coming an uncontested player's way, he might score 50, he might score a 60. So, you know, I'm a little bit worried about Jake Lloyd. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to do a very quick shout-out to Callum Sinclair. Has had an awesome start to the year, um, from my memory anyway. I know he scored really well in this game. I'm pretty sure we've spoken about him before as well. I'm, so. <laughs> I'm assuming you're saying you want to give a shout-out to Callum Sinclair owners. Because I have significant doubts that Callum Sinclair himself listens to this podcast. I oh, I would be amazed if anyone who is anyone listens to us babbling away. But um, Incoherent I, fantasy I want to show some respect for the year that he has had from a fantasy perspective. He's been very is that better. Yes, he's been very, very Would good. Would you like so, me to phrase it that way moving if, forward? If you owned Callum Sinclair, you've done very well. And a pat on the back to you. Um, Josh P. Kennedy as well. He's This was shocking. 43. Oh, God. Um, I don't even know what to say about it. It's just another one of the reasons that I have to uh, just uh, calm myself down he following this round. He always starts the year slowly, though. He does. The Brody Law. We, uh, we talked about it last week. Those contested players, they build towards bigger scores in the middle of the year. When the weather starts to get a bit more wild, when the... Uh, uh, you know, it's a bit harder on the foot. So I uh, did really like the Brody Law last week. Yeah, I, know, I noticed you did. Yeah, you messaged us about that. So, um, uh, yeah, we'll move on to the Bulldogs. Before unless we there's do, anyone else you, before you, we do, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am so so unhappy. Yeah. with the Sydney small forwards. Oh God, Hapley oh, and Hewitt, and this is yep. just making an event for a little bit. All right, all right. I'll give you thirty seconds to vent, mate. My keeper league on the weekend, <laughs> 11 guys under 70 points. It was so funny to watch. Actually, it might have been 60 points. 11 guys under 60 points. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, 60. And four of them were under 50 points. That was sad. Yeah. And these two, Hewitt and Papley, they <laughs> learn to play football. <laughs> they have forgotten how to football. <laughs> With Hewitt in particular, 
Yeah. Like, I, I was literally did not see him on the field. Well, there's a reason for that. He got 22 points, so that was... But I didn't even see him running around. <laughs> like, so how did he get those 22 points? He probably got him during the warm-up. We and then never bothered walking out onto the field. <laughs> it was depressing. And George Hill was one of those guys that preseason I said you could almost pencil him for a safe 70 to 80 in your forward line. Yeah, exactly. Same with um, Papley. Papley yeah. hasn't gotten above 66 yeah. or something all year. Mm-hmm. And Hewitt only... Uh, no, no, it was Newman that was dropped and just came back mm-hmm. in this week. But Hewitt very well could be dropped this week. But I hope so. <laughs> Says an owner, that's depressing. Seriously, I am over them both. Hewitt's out of my team. I I fucked him off earlier today. He's gone. All right. Over him. I love the the casual F-bomb just throw it in there as well. I'm not happy. Going to have to throw an E on this podcast this week. Um, (laughs) Matt's lost it. I feel slightly better now that I've got that off my chest. And obviously... Nobody probably cares about this because they're draft-only guys. It's okay. But it's, it's what this podcast is for, man. <sighs> just, uh, just I feel better now. We can move on. Two men in a bunker fighting against the fantasy world. Um, so, Western Bulldogs, they were you know, they were really good and they've been good the past couple of weeks. So, hopefully that they can keep this up going forward because for fantasy scores, they are a great team to own players of. Um, yeah, to a degree. To a, well, to a degree. We'll get to that. So, Jack McRae has been great all year. I'm worried that he's going to cop a tag coming up soon. Um, so, who are... I'm just bringing up my uh, my notes again. Oh, yeah? Because yeah. I don't have them readily available. <laughs> uh, the Bulldogs have scored the... Seventh? Seventh most points for the year. Seventh most points for the year? So, okay. not as much as you probably would think, yeah. but not as bad as I thought they were. Well, they're coming up against Frio this week, and I am worried that McRae with Hunter out might be the one to get that Banfield tag. Frio have given up the second most amount of points for the year. Oh, okay. But they do have one good tagger. So whoever yes. they put Banfield on does and tend to it score It should forward. be McRae. Yeah. So it uh, should be. I, I am a little bit worried about his scoring this week. But going forward, he's going to be a great player this year, McRae. Yeah. yeah. Um, those other sort of mid-tier guys mm-hmm. should go pretty well against Frio yeah. this week. You mentioned Josh Dunkley as well. And now he's a great player. We've definitely got our eye on in keeper leagues. Um, but... The, uh, the worry was that he did score uh, uh, four behinds. This <laughs> I love the fact that you wandered to the corner of the room that time to cough. Thank you. Appreciate Hopefully it. Hopefully nobody heard it. My, ear, my ears, thank you. Um, the uh, Yeah, so he scored very well with 117, but this could have been a monster score if he kicked straight. And he, the Bulldogs easily could have won Zero if he kicked goes straight four. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was such a great game. It was just that one little mm. thing that stopped him finishing it off. Just just a little bit upsetting there. Um but he was terrific apart from that. Matt Suckling's been sneakily decent this year. He's going at an average yeah. of like 83 or something like that. So obviously not a consideration for salary cap leagues. But if you own him in drafts, you're pretty happy, to be honest. Yeah, you would be. Yeah. Um, Dalhouse seems mm-hmm. to have bounced back after a shocking year last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, those sort of low 90s is probably about where he's at as a forward yeah. these days. But he should be reasonably consistent also with him. Exactly. Um, and Toby McLean actually did cop, it looked like a, a little bit of an injury at some stage. I think it was like a finger in the eye. Yeah, so I think I that think so. slowed his scoring down a bit. So don't be too worried about that 91 because he was looking for all money like he was going to go 110 plus so this week. I know a lot of people have jumped on him in salary cap. Mm-hmm. Um, is he a top six forward in your opinion or is he a mid-price cash cow? I do not know because I would I need to see what the DPPs are because if Dusty 
or Nat 5 or someone like that does magically get DPP status, that pushes a lot him, yeah. of guys out. So As it stands at the moment, though? As it stands at the moment, probably, yeah. I'd say McLean is a top six forward at the end of the year. It feels weird to say that, but yeah. I tend to agree. Yeah, it really hurts. Um, Tim English, he was terrific in this game. 90. As we said, though, coming up against Sandy next week, mm-hmm. it could go one of two ways. Yeah, we're not 100% <laughs> sure there. So... Um, basically, what uh, what we're going to hope for is that he'll be able to beat Sandy on the spread, uh, get some points that way, and like you said earlier as well, it's a great idea to trade out one of those underperforming forwards, move him into your forward line, and then just pop like a Lloyd Meek or another you know 170k Ruckman in there. Yep, great option, definite option. Um, geez, anyone else you want to really look at there? The Bailey off, Bailey yeah. watch, Bailey watch. It's uh, it continues. Bailey Williams and so Bailey. We've had some great feedback. Everyone loves the Bailey watch for some reason. I don't know why people like the Bailey watch, but so, <laughs> so the people have spoken. It will continue. <laughs> yeah, it will continue for the foreseeable future. Bailey watch is on. Uh, Williams pipped Dale by four points this week, which was great while we were watching the game. Yeah, because it swung back and forth, and, was, and we were almost as excited about the Bailey watch watching the game as we were about the actual game. It was depressing at one stage, actually. Um, just before we move on from this game, though, we've got to talk about Lockie Hunter. He was tagged. Uh, he was terrible. Uh, it, yeah, he forty-eight. Like I was mentioning with Lloyd earlier, he's an uncontested player. He will have poor games like this. You hope it's not too often. But the big thing for me is that he's actually gone and gotten too frustrated and gotten himself suspended. So, oh, he's ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, draft leagues, obviously, you leave him be. Jeez, if you bought him in last week in a salary cap, why? Yeah, well, no, no. Brody and I were both pretty high on him last week. He was going at an average of. He uh, doesn't fit the Brody law. Why would Brody be higher? <laughs> he like he did like him last week. Uh, Lucky um, move, Brody. He was going at an average of 115 plus from the first three rounds. Um, oh, well, that makes sense. Then, yes, yeah. and he was on the up, so he was only just over 700k as well. So he was underpriced for what he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's gone 48 now. He's probably going to stick around about that price. If you bought him in last week and you're going to be missing out on him this week, do you tr- do you trade him after one poor uh, week? I feel there's probably better options out there than him. Yeah. So, but if you've brought him in. Oh, it's tough. It's yeah. only the one week he's out, isn't it? It's one week he's out, but if he's break-even... How uh, much did you say he's again? Uh, he's just over 700. Yeah, you probably want, you don't want that money sitting on the bench, do you? Nah, it's a tough decision, Jesus. It I, depends if you've got other issues you need to yeah, solve. Yeah, that's true. He'd probably be on the lower end of the list, but he'd still be on that list, which is, which sucks after one week. Yeah, I wouldn't... Uh, one week where he scored 46. Exactly. I wouldn't be comfortable having him sitting on my bench no, this week. No, would I? Uh, we'll move on to the next game. Uh, North Melbourne Colton. Shocking game by Colton. This was just woeful. Um, Sean Higgins was the highest scorer with 117. Great game from him. He's a great draft player. And Ben Brown's actually getting it done this year. Five goals, eight marks. I don't know how he did this in the weather. I don't know how Scott Thompson ended up everything. with 15 marks as well. It's it's crazy. Tom, Thompson was probably playing loose. He does that sometimes. Yeah, and when true. he does, he does tend to get cheap, a few marks. Cheap little uh, plus sixes in the back line. Um, Billy Hartung was good as well. Uh, they just had a good consistent run at this game. Yeah, but I think a lot of it was because Carlton had that, that bad. Yeah. So Carlton have given up the most points this year mm-hmm. of the, any team. The big one I want to talk about is Goldstein. Um, yeah. Are you are you moving him on? Are you Or are you holding faith? Because oh, I'm not sure, to be honest. He is playing Hawthorne this week, and Brad Scott seems to have been pretty uh, 
pretty straightforward when he says that he's given Goldie a chance. He's underperformed two weeks in a row. I reckon if he plays poorly against Ben McAvoy, it might not be third and Gorn, but it might be third and will bring Bruce in to uh, partner with you. Or he may get dropped. I think Brad Scott has already said earlier this year that he doesn't think he can play two Ruckman. Which means it took him a couple of years to figure it out, but he got there in the end. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I tend to agree. I think if he has another bad game, or if he gets dominated again, mm-hmm. um, he might get dropped. Yeah. Which... His break-even is 114 this mm-hmm. week, and he is worth 603000 So, oh, I almost feel like you have to move him on this week, mm-hmm. but I kind of feel like I've also got more pressing things I want to be doing. You need to make that decision sooner rather than later, basically, if you're a Goldstein owner in salary cap, because he is really underperforming. It's going to be bleeding cash. Um, exactly. Um, on, on the Colton side of things, Kernow just keeps getting it done. That's uh, Ed. He's going at an average of just under 115, which is great after four rounds. Mm. But that does include the 160, which is uh, bringing it up a little bit there. Uh, it falls away after that. Matty Kennedy's the next best scorer with 88. He finally did something. He did. Yeah, he was pretty good. Um, it's it just not enough, though. He's a, He was bought in at the start as a mid-pricer in salary cap leagues. You know, he's a hold in keepers for me. Because yeah, I agree. He is going to be a good player, but if you've got him in a regular draft league or a salary cap, I don't know what you're doing. So I would actually hold him in redraft after this Ooh, performance no. because you've held him through three terrible oh, weeks to yeah. start the year yes. anyway. He yeah. finally has shown something. Good call. Um, and it was in a game where you got dominated mm-hmm. and where Mark Murphy wasn't playing. Yeah. Mark Murphy's missing another month. Mm-hmm. So if Kennedy's going to get some of that role inside in the centre mid, yep. then maybe he will continue to score well. Yeah, I agree. Or not. Yeah. Um, on Paddy Cripps, uh, 76, he was he was tagged. Uh, Jacobs did a pretty good job on him. But Cripps was actually on 50 points at halftime, which mm. is a little bit worrying because, you know, he's he started pretty well and he's just faltered towards the end. So, look, with Mark Murphy being out for up to a month, this kind of has me worried about Paddy Cripps. And almost 20% of the competition own him in salary cap leagues as well. Having said that, though, Jacobs is, in my opinion, probably, if not the best tagger, one, one of, of the best, best taggers yeah, in sure. the league at the moment. Yeah. So well, He's a pure tagger. That, that's his job. He's not like Nathan Jones who sacrificed his <laughs> midfield game to yeah, stop someone. He does someone. a hard tag. Exactly. So, I don't know. I think one week's not quite enough data to make a ruling one way yeah. or another. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, tough. Um, uh, Kate Simpson, uh, again, we said earlier in the podcast, don't jump off Kate Simpson. He's he's a terrific player and he will balance out. Um, It's just like, you know, uh, uh, Steph Martin almost a couple of weeks ago, you know, he's he's had a really terrible game. Some people were jumping off of him and then he smacks out 177 the next week. So you've just got to be wary of that. It was a terribly wet and horrible game as well. So hopefully uh, Simpson bounces back this week against Hawthorne. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I suspect he... Oh, no, no, Hawthorne, sorry. That's North Melbourne that are playing Hawthorne. Hopefully yeah. he bounces back against uh, West Coast. Over mm-hmm. in... Uh, yeah, it's, it's over at the G, so there's every chance West Coast yeah. will play terribly and Carlton will dominate. I would not expect that to happen. <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll actually move on to the next game, which uh, was West Coast versus the Suns, and the Suns were smashed in the end. It is really, really weird to see Chris Maston as the highest score or equal highest scorer for the game. he is. Chris Maston has somehow smashed out 138. He was everywhere in this game, to be fair. Um, I don't know how much you saw of it, but he Zero. was... This 
yeah, it just seemed like his positioning was right. And West Coast won't do this every week. Don't jump on Maston <laughs> too much. Look, if you've got an extra spot on your redraft league, uh, I don't mind jumping on him if he's on the waiver he's list. He's had two good weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, we saw, we've saw we seen that Redden hasn't been getting the job done inside. Um, so maybe they've turned to Maston instead. He, he brings something a bit different, mm-hmm. uh, a bit of run, which the rest of their midfield isn't great at. Not, not overly, no. Um, with the exception of Shuey. So, I don't know. He, they might be trying, trying something new. Yeah, well, uh, we'll, see something how, old. we'll see how it goes. But a redraft is really the only one I would tick him off on. He's not worth a keeper league spot for me. Uh, and uh, in salary cap, no, absolutely not. Uh, Elliot Yo, though, it's jeez, <laughs> that was bounces uh, back. Yeah, once Elliot Yo does. Yeah. It, we said last week it just depends on the role he's playing. If he's playing in the midfield like he was this week, he's going to dominate. He's going to be one of the best defenders for the year. If he is playing as a lockdown forward on a player like Dangerfield, which he was last week, lockdown defender, sorry, uh, he's going to score poorly. So. It's really hard. I think he's going to be one you have to have in your team at the end of the year. Otherwise, you're not going to be competitive. But in saying that, he's going to throw in a poor score every, you know, uh, one in eight weeks or something. Yeah, he's... Once every couple of weeks. He's, when he's bad, he's really bad. He is. I think it's going to even out, though, because most of the competition will have him. So yeah. uh, when you're playing in finals towards the end of the year, when you're in your league finals... I think enough of those other players will have Yo, so if he has a bad game, it's going to even out. Alternatively, not having him could be the point of difference that gets you a win. It could. Gee, it's a tough call, though. So if he's having a bad game once every... Even if it was six weeks. See, if he's having a really, really bad game that week, for once every six weeks, those good games are going to outweigh it. Yeah, I, I, I honestly don't know how I feel about Yo. Mm. I, I, if you remember, I had him as my um, predicted top-scoring defender for the year. Yeah. So I was very high on him season, mm. but I genuinely don't know how I feel about him now. It's tough. His bad games are just so bad. They are. Mm. Yeah, right, we'll move on. Well, uh, well, it is a, a small sample size still, so we've only had four weeks. We'll have to assess this again, you know, come towards the buy rounds. Um, uh, Gaff was terrific again. Darling actually seems to be doing really well this year, which I picked the wrong week to have him as my risk. You I? did. You really did. The one week you had him was the one terrible week, and all, all the others, he's been pretty good. Yeah. Uh, McGovern for draft leagues uh, seemed to be back amongst the marks, which was really good. So, yes. uh, a lot of people would have jumped on him after that. Uh, uh, just under 80 average last year. Yeah. He was particularly good. I think he can move up towards that again. So, he's a hold for me in draft leagues. Um, I don't think you should be dropping Jeremy McGowan. Um, anyone else there that, uh, that catches your eye? Apart from, obviously, Venables, who was injured, and you do need to move out of his side because that does look like a pretty serious ankle injury. Uh, yes. Um, one of your riskets played in this game, didn't he? Oh, God, yeah. All right. Yeah, lower scorer for the game, Jake Waterman. We'll, uh, we will... Uh, what while? Yeah, that was awful. Um, I've still got him in my keeper side because I do like what I see with Jake Waterman. Um, he's a good young player. I know you don't. I don't. Yeah, I know you don't. But uh, you have been wrong on many, many occasions as well. So we I can't argue with that. People <laughs> have. Um, he just seems to have a, a pretty decent role. So uh, particularly with Venables and Ryan being injured, I don't think his job security is that at risk. I think his job security is good for now. The yeah. only danger is if um, there's too many games where the Eagles end up playing too tall a forward line. Mm-hmm. But as you've said previously, he does play that sort of link-up role, yeah. so he's not always in the forward line. He could, so. he could almost play on sort of a, uh, well, not just half forward flank, but almost pushing up onto a wing role. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see going ahead. Uh, for the Gold Coast, uh, 
apart from Swallow and Fiorini, which were the two players that are really good draft guys, um, we've got a question about Fiorini a bit later as well. Cool. They pushed over 100. There wasn't much. There was a good improvement from Aaron Hall. He only finished on 80, but, you know... Compared to last week, yeah, much better. It's, a, it's much better than 14 or whatever he ended up on last week. Yes. Um, um, the Eagles realised who the man of mystery was. Yeah, they did. They, they ended the mystery. Jesus, yes. Yeah, so a lot of people did go for Jared Lyons last week, and there was actually a choice me and Brody had uh, between Lyons and Hunter. Uh, if you're going for the two guys who have done, dominated the first three weeks, who do you go? As it turns out, they were both wrong. That well, <laughs> there was no right answer. Technically, Lyons was the right answer because he got <laughs> 76 and also isn't suspended this week. So that seems to be the correct way to go. It's probably just because the uh, review panel don't know who he is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's true. Um, I think this is a blip. I think he will bounce back. The yeah. Eagles were that dominant over the Suns that none of them really scored well. Mm-hmm. So you can probably add, I don't know, some number of points to everyone's score realistically. Yeah. So he will bounce back from this. Um, so if you got him into salary cap, mm-hmm. don't panic. Hang on to him. You yeah. don't want to bring him in one week and move him on the next week. Give him another week and see what he can do, particularly against Brisbane. I think Jared Witt sort of pushed himself out of salary cap contention as well for me because he was a he was looking like he could be one of the dominant Ruckman this year at the start of the year, mm. but he has had a couple of poorer weeks in a row. So um, he's still a great draft pickup if you got him. But I don't think he's a salary cap guy you should be looking at this year. Agreed. Uh, one more thing before we move on. Yep, yep. Nick Holman. Yeah, poor effort. Um, he seemed almost to be playing on the half-forward flank. It didn't look like he was playing pure midfield, which really took away his tackle numbers. So I'm giving him one more week against Brisbane. Yep, break even at 38. Yep, because he can get that. If he plays midfield numbers, especially against Brisbane, he could easily go, you know, 70 to 90, somewhere in that, that range. Yep. But if he performs poorly again this week, he's straight out next week. That's that's fair. Yeah. He's had one bad week. Still a lowish break even. Give him one more chance for me. Yeah. Cool. Um, move, on. move on to the uh, the Bombers and the Power. Bombers look rejuvenated, actually. They, they looked really good this week. And the Power still running with their no-Ruckman lineup is... Uh, <laughs> Is clearly not working. And no, it is not. This is not the kind of podcast to get into that awful choice to uh, to only to ruck have or a, not ruck. Yeah, to only have one ruckman on your list. So we will uh, move on. Um, <laughs> um, so the uh, they do have other ruckmen. They're just really young and haven't done anything. Well, I think um, uh, Ken Hinckley actually said all of their other ruckmen are not up to AFL standard. They're really young and haven't done anything. Yeah, so it's um, which means that you've started a year with only one AFL ruckman. So, and they must have known that going in. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll, we will move on because this isn't the podcast for that. Um, for the Bombers, uh, Hurley was incredible. So, 15 marks from him. He looked terrific. We can discuss him a little bit more later because we have a question about him. Oh, we do, do we? Awesome. Yep. Um, we will move on to... Same with Heppel. Yeah, same with Heppel. Uh, Zach Merritt is looks like he's back after that week. Could bounce back. His break-even, I checked earlier, is about 107. 107. Yeah, yep. it's 107. Very achievable. Very, very achievable. He's cheap as chips. He's 622,000 now. And he is playing Collingwood. Oh, in the Anzac Day Clash. All in, all in. I am moving heaven and earth to get in Zach Merritt this week. Uh, <laughs> we, I think we traded him out after his first week's concussion. Yeah, we got off him pretty quickly. Uh, because we were worried about what effect the concussion would have. And the uh, money. And the money. Um, that turned out to be a lucky choice because it wasn't really the concussion that did it, I don't think. It was just that he got tagged a few weeks in a row. But either way, even if you've already traded him out, 
no issue with trading him back in. Interestingly, Collingwood actually is the sixth worst team for giving up points this year. So not giving up as many as we would have thought. I'd be very, very interested in seeing how whether that was an overall score. So some of the because uh, the, they seem like they do give up a fair few one hundred plus. Yeah, so scores. they go a few big ones and then lots of small ones. Exactly. So yeah, I've just got an overall number. Yeah, yeah. So we don't really have a standard deviation there for you. But I do think that you can still get some big numbers. I only have so many hours to put these numbers together. <laughs> it's true. Um, Not that it's difficult, but you know. Oh, mate. <laughs> At least you're putting some research together for the podcast. Um, yeah, one of us has to do something. That is accurate. Uh, hey, mate, I push the buttons. What do you. <laughs> I cough into the microphone. Accurate. Um, Brendan Goddard has been really good as a draft player all year. It'll be interesting to see if he gets DPP status as a defender because he has been playing a little bit off the halfback line. Mm. If he is, no issue with getting Brendan Goddard into your salary cap league. Um, he's he's a great player. Yeah, I'm not fully sold on him for salary cap. Mm. Um, I don't know why, but for some reason I just feel he's more of a draft guy these days. Yeah. Um, having said that, his start to the year has been pretty decent and... Why not? If you yeah. if you like him, go for it's it. Only, Personally, I wouldn't be. It's only if he's a defender. If he's a midfielder, of course not. You don't no. touch him. But uh, as a defender, I think he offers something a bit different. And the defenders, to be honest, have been terrible this year. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah give it a go. Yeah. Um, uh, who'd have thought playing, you know, guys in their correct positions would have been a good choice? Jake Stringer <laughs> as a forward, you know, Kale Hooker as a defender. <laughs> yeah, but Stringer kicked four goals, got 72 points, yes. which is... Stupid. So, yeah. so it's scratch him from your list ever, ever again. He's gone forever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the stringer coaster is gone. It was shut down <laughs> due to safety issues. <laughs> I love it. Too much. The, the theme park shut down because they invested too much money in the stringer coaster. Too much vomiting on the uh, the top of the uh, swing. Um, uh, Devin Smith did okay after being really poor last week. Ninety one. He's still a guy that I think is going to be in the top forwards at the end of the year. I agree. So he's a hold from me. Um, Anyone else you want to point out from the Bombers there, mate? I know Danaher was another guy that you've been a bit raging about in your keeper league. Yes, he was. Yep, so we'll move on. <laughs> you know, my entire forward line between them, five guys, scored about 250 points. Oh, I know. You, you've said that in a couple of ways so far. <laughs> but I feel like I need to just give you enough time to get this out of your system. I like Danaher, so I'm giving him another chance. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, and he has started the year really poorly. So, if in all seriousness, if you do have him in, he's probably only in redrafts or maybe keepers. Mm-hmm. If you do have him, he has had a terrible start to the year. Yeah. Um, probably you can afford to drop him and move on. Matt Guelphy was far from the worst in his first game. He looked really good, actually. Um, I will be... I think he holds his spot this week. <clears throat> uh, there's, yeah. there's other guys like, you know, Josh Begley, who was... Uh, not particularly good in this game. Uh, he only had like the eight touches. Uh, even like Bagley or someone like that would be more at risk of losing their spot than Corby. Yeah. So I was unfortunately busy all of Sunday, so I didn't get to see any of the Sunday games. But I, one of my mates at work told me that he every time he looked at his TV, Guelphie was there. So he yeah. was all over the place. So mm-hmm. I suspect he'll hold his spot. He's 197000 from memory mm-hmm. uh, with a pretty good break-even. Yeah. So jump on in salary cap. I like it. Uh, on the power side of things, Robbie Gray, we said that he looked like he was back a couple of weeks ago, and he looks he's absolutely back. He is playing great football. Um, Jeez, 39 touches is pretty good. Uh, well, he's playing midfield, and you need to get him in your side for me. That's He's one of the ones that I'm desperately trying to get in yeah. at some stage. But I think Zach Merritt takes precedence this week. because Yeah, I would agree. Uh, because he's just so cheap, and I think that against Collingwood, he will smash through that 107 points pretty easy. Yeah, I agree. Uh, 
but Robbie Gray's definitely second on that uh, that list of guys that I'm. Having at. said that, I, if I were you, I wouldn't go out of my way like mm. moving heaven and earth to get merit in this week. As we said, we think he's going to smash his um, 107 break even, but he's what 620,000. Yeah. Even if he smashes it, he probably goes up to six forty thousand, maybe. Yeah, if that, which I mean, is very achievable still yeah. for next week. So, True. if you miss him this week, don't panic. Yeah, it's, yeah, I agree. Um, uh, who else have we got from Port Adelaide? Uh, they really do drop off in a big way because it goes. So another guy of interest, though, for me, mm-hmm. Tom Jonas. Tom Jonas, another guy that I picked in the wrong week for my risk it. Yeah, <laughs> his only bad week of the year was the week that I picked him. That was the same week you picked Jack Darling from memory. It probably was, <laughs> but he's gone. He went ninety this week. He's also had a seventy-four and a ninety-six this year. Jeez. Um, um, so there is a chance that in your redraft he's available. Yep. He's owned by seventy-three percent of teams. Mm-hmm. Don't hate him as a fourth or fifth defender in redrafts. Neither do I. I like it. Um, uh, Jared Pollock is quietly going about having a very, very good year, but again, he's an uncontested player and he should only be considered for draft leagues. You know, he's not going to be a salary cap guy for this year or ever, really, for, for Jared Pollock. Yeah, pretty much. Um, he's a wingman, you know. I, there's very, very few wingmen who are consistent salary cap guys. Um, anyone else that you want to point out there? Um, you know, Riley Bonner is someone that a lot of people were looking at a few weeks ago. You need to jump off him if you still have Riley Bonner. He's yeah, he's just not going to be able to replicate that no. score from the first week. And I think Pittard's close to coming back yeah. as well. So he'll be taking someone's spot, whether that's um, Bonner, Burn jones um, Probably Bonner. For me. Or, uh, maybe uh, Dan Houston. Yeah. Probably Houston or Bonner. Yeah, it's, it's hard to say. Um, uh, and, of course, Tom Rockliffe. We don't talk about Tom Rockliffe anymore because it just hurts too much. It, it just... It does. Eight touches, four tackles, one goal, yeah. It, it hurts too much. You know it's going to be incredibly awkward? What's that? It's the Dream Team Talk. Oh, yeah. He's the, attending the um, Adelaide one. The DT Talk boys are heading over to Adelaide this week, aren't they? That is... That's going to be interesting. That's going to be a rough night for uh, for Rocky. <laughs> he might cop a little bit of fun. I think there's going to be a few questions thrown his way from the uh, crowd, especially as the pints start to get down. Uh, we'll move on to the next game of the round, which was Hawthorne and the Demons. Hawthorne just ran away with this in the end. Um, I can... Honestly, say I think that uh, well, the demons are an up and down team as is, but I do think they put way too much time and effort into focusing on Tom Mitchell because mm-hmm. they they did they so stopped him, the but they point, lost horribly. Exactly, the big point of this game was they did stop Tom Mitchell. He was like, I think something like sixty five percent of coaches had him selected as captain, mm-hmm. so not just owned him, had him selected as captain. <laughs> um, I was one of them. Yeah, oh, I was too. Um, so it means that you're probably not hurt quite as much because a lot of people had him. However, um, it kind of bodes a little bit well because, you know, other teams in the competition will think, hang on, they've stopped Tom Mitchell. Tom Mitchell didn't get his 40 or 50 touches, but Hawthorne still romped away with this game. Is stopping Tom Mitchell the key to beating Hawthorne? And I don't think it necessarily is. No, I tend to agree. Yeah. Um, I still suspect, though, that this week coming up against North Melbourne, Jacobs will probably go yeah. to him and will cut him out. So I won't be captaining him this week, but I, I probably I will the week after. Uh, but I still think he he probably does a little bit better than this week. I think he goes somewhere between 95 and 105. That That's probably the range I can see him scoring this week. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's probably a better sign than you think that he got tagged and firmly beaten, but Hawthorne did still dominate because they maybe other teams will start to look at like Jaeger O'Meara or stopping or Isaac Smith, stopping guys like that who really do have a big impact on the flow of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, speaking of those guys, actually, I mean, Liam Shields was dominant. Jaeger O'Meara was incredible. Uh, mm. Bruce and Gunston, the two forwards, were fantastic really as well. They're going to need to lift and pretty much maintain this, though, because mm-hmm. Puapolo and Rioli are both out for the next four to six weeks. They are, but it does bode well for their draft scores. Absolutely, so they it does, yeah. big holds in draft leagues. Yeah, if you've got them, because you'd probably always be a little unsure which week to play them or not. Yeah, Bruce, Gunston, those guys. If you've got them, play them for the next month. 100%, yeah, agreed. Um, I think it might be six weeks, yeah. Rioli. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so it is. It's a little bit longer, which is, uh, which is upsetting, but... Um, you know, another guy that we've uh, we've talked about a couple of times was Taylor Duray, who, uh, hmm. <laughs> um, along with Sicily um, and some of the guys in the halfback line, there they they do kind of take points off of each other sometimes. And Sicily looked like he was almost a lock for a hundred plus this week, but because he was on about thirty thirty two at quarter time or something like that. But uh, teams do figure it out when he's dominating a game at the start, and they plan someone on him, or they just pay a bit closer attention to him. And he only finished on 78, so with a little bit of junk time in there too. You've been saying it all year. Yeah. That's always the danger with him. It's a little bit unlucky. David Mirror did look pretty good in his first game as well. So um, I, there was a... Who was the defender rookie we were talking about just before? It was Matt Guelphie. I'd probably look at him above. He's a forward. Is Matt Guelphie a forward? Oh, apologies. Yeah. Oh, Pretty sure he's a forward. In that, uh, If that's the case, then uh, David Mirror, yeah, not the worst idea for your backline because he is very, very cheap. And if you're looking to cash someone out, um, yeah. Not, I'll not, double check that. I might be wrong. <laughs> I'll have a look into that because unless there's anyone else you want to talk about from Hawthorne, I'll move on to the Demons. Uh, yeah, look, Max Gorn, he's, he's going to do that every week. We can move on from him. We know how good he is. Uh, Clayton Oliver had a bounce back this week. Not being tagged is always a good thing. Guelphie is a four. Guelphie is a four. Good call there, Matt. Um, yeah, you know who's actually been really good since coming back, and he's on a lot of waiver wires. Uh, Dean Kent. He certainly is. I was looking at him earlier today. He's had mm. two games back, gone very well in both of them. He, he um, just looks really good. Or uh, is it eighty six and ninety three? But mm-hmm. he plays Richmond next. He does. He does. He might have a bad week, but you uh, you know if he's available on your waiver list, you might need to take the short term pain for some long term gains. Absolutely, because once he's past Richmond, his next two are Essendon and the Saints, and the Saints are giving up a lot of points. Love it. Love everything about it. So if he's available on your waiver wire, go out and grab him because he is worth it. Um, Christian Petrarca he's had him. available. Sorry, in thirty six percent of teams. 36% of leagues. He's oh, okay. free. Yep, beautiful. Yeah, go out and grab him. Um, uh, Christian Petrarca had a down game, but I, you know, Melbourne as a whole had a pretty down game. Uh, pretty solid return for Angus Brayshaw. He will get better than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not a salary cap guy anymore because I, I just think that uh, people would have been waiting for him to come in for his first game and see how he did. If he uh, crunched out like a 90, you could have jumped on him, but this just isn't enough to mark no, up his price. I wouldn't think so. He's yeah, crossing from your list in yeah. salary cap for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Bailey Fritch was a bit down on form. What's really going to suck is that I'm pretty sure that these guys are playing on either Monday or Tuesday next week. Tuesday. Tuesday, which means that we're not going to know the final team until like Sunday, which means that we're not going to know if Fritch is actually playing. He's probably going to be listed on the extended bench. I would suspect so. And I have no idea what to do in that situation, to be honest. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm almost looking at getting rid of Fritsch this week purely because well, I don't want to cop a donut and he's just not scored enough the past couple of weeks. He's coming no. close to reaching his break-even. His break-even is 34 mm-hmm. and he's playing Richmond. Yeah. So he'll probably reach it and push past it, but I wouldn't think by an awful lot. But only just. So, yeah. So I think if you 
keeping him, this is probably the last week. Yeah, he's not a major rush to get out of your team, but if you don't have too much else to do, no issue with moving him on this week. Agreed. Uh, I want to move on to the last game of the round. It was the Cats and the Saints. Again, this was a bit of a thrashing in the end. Uh, Cats ran away with it. Brandon Parfitt was mm. ridiculous in this game. But, and I know I say this about a lot of players, he ain't doing that every week. That, no. That was a great game. The Saints are really, really looking underdone this year. I don't know what it is, whether it's... Actually, it was a little bit of both. The game plan and the players just aren't really holding up to their standards. Yeah, they're just not good at the moment. Mm. Um, so, Brandon Parfit, great game. If you want to have a look at him in keeper leagues, if he's available, go for it. Great idea. To Absolutely. And keepers, jump on. Yeah. I don't think it's worth it jumping on him in a... Uh, uh, Redraft. A redraft because he is a pure midfielder from memory. Yeah, I think he is, and he's a second-year player, so he's definitely going to have a lot of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy that really has come back into the fray is Sam Minigola, though, after a terrible start to the year. Massive turnaround. He's had a big turnaround, and he's one of those top couple of guys that I'd really want to get into my team. So yeah. Merritt, Gray, uh, Menegola, whichever combination of those you go for. Great idea to get into your team this week. Interestingly, Menegola's return to form and actually getting the ball has coincided with him playing more midfield time and um, Gary Ablett being injured. I was going to say Tim Kelly scores dropping off and I'm assuming he's playing more forward time. Agreed. So I think they've basically switched their roles. Mm -hmm. But also Gary Ablett going out, they probably wanted the bigger, uh, more AFL-ready body in the middle for a little bit more time as opposed to Tim Kelly, the newbie. So... You know, although you, Tim Kelly is a mature age oh, guy, yeah. so well, he's yeah. got a solid body. But yeah, true. Manigolas is more solid. Yeah, so we'll. Uh, I, I think that they've just pushed him into more midfield time, which is terrific. So taking nine marks, six tackles, got a couple of goals as well. He's looking really good this year. Mm. Um, you know, they're pretty solid scores apart from that. Dangerfield was a little bit down, but still, you know, he's he's going great guns this year. Um, Considering how much they smashed Saints, mm-hmm. there's a lot of sort of average scores yeah, there. Yeah, there are. It's The ball seemed to be going up forward quite quickly. There didn't seem to be a lot of chipping around where those extra points... Very direct. Yeah, so Mitch Duncan didn't get those normal, like, plus, what, 24s <laughs> like he does before. He's had, like, four yeah. marks and kicks in a row before. Um, and, you know, some other players, like uh, Zach Tui, has, has been very, very good this year. Yeah. Um, is there anyone else that you want to... Did you watch this game? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What was Cunico like? Cunico, Scored 97 on debut. Cunico looked really good. I'm he assuming just, was his debut. Yeah, it was his debut. Um, he he kind of just appeared at the side of the screen, and he looks very <laughs> similar to a lot of other Geelong players. So I was just like, oh, is that, a, is that Lockie Fogarty, or is that um, you know a couple of their, their other younger guys? But no, he's he looked pretty good. I think that that's going to be, you know, first time is luck. Yep. So uh, I guess the question is, would you look at him in salary cap? No. He's two hundred and twenty, I think, from memory. I think he's a bit. 000. I think he's a bit more than that, isn't he? Like it might be a little bit, but not yeah, much. Not not too much. Two twenty two thirty thousand uh, as a forward. It's tough to say. I don't mind it, but it, or a mid actually might be. I think he's. I think he's a solo mid. Yeah, he's um, a mid yeah. I I don't mind it, but I wouldn't go out of your way until I saw another week because if he does this again, then yes, jump on him. It's just I want to see what his job security is like. I really, I'm. I'm just not sure about the job security of any of these Geelong guys at the moment, to be honest. Um, yeah, that's fair enough. They've got a lot of good guys playing in the uh, the VFL who are playing very well at the moment. They really do. I guess the only other guy I really wanted to talk very, very, very briefly mention mm-hmm. is Tim Kelly because we've already spoken about him. Break-even of 28, I think it is, this week. Yeah, still doing enough. Um, yep, 28. So 
you're good to hang on to him money-wise. I probably wouldn't be playing him on the field if you've got better options, and I think he's probably getting close to the point where you're going to be moving him on. Yeah, at some stage. But he's still a couple of weeks away. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, moving on to the uh, the Saints. Um, Luke Dunstan just, he's dominated since he came back in. We all knew he was going to do this as well. It's, for some <laughs> reason, um, Alan Richardson didn't think so. Um, so, you know, I don't think there's anything you can do about Luke Dunstan at the moment. Don't get him in salary caps, but if you have him in the draft league, you've probably held him since the start to yeah, well see done. what happens when he comes in, in which case, well done. Shane Savage has been really consistent, though. He's probably been one of the best defenders of the league so far. Uh, yeah, he's been really, really good. Um, and you'd think he's probably going to have a good next few weeks with yep. the um, unfortunate incident with Dylan Robertson, and he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. Yeah, now. shocking. Um, yeah, well, it would have been terrifying to actually see that. Yeah, I, I don't like talking about the fact that someone would get, you know, someone will do good as a result of that. Um, but it will help Shane Savage's scoring. It might even help Nick Caulfield's scoring mm-hmm. um, as some of those halfback guys. Um, yeah, so. Uh, would you look at bringing... Do you think Shane Savage can be a top defender by the end of the year? Because he's going at just over 97. With salary cap? Yeah. Um, like, if you don't have him now... Base? A lot of people would have got him in as a mid-pricer at the start of the year. But if yeah. you don't own him now, would you look at getting him in? I would definitely look at it. Mm. Um, but I'm not sure if I'd do it or not. It'd be really, really tough call. Um, because there is that little bit of you that sort of feels you've missed the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 623000 His break-even is seventy six, so he's got more money to make still. Yeah. So uh, he hasn't topped out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I, I agree, he's looking like one of the top guys at the end of the year at this stage. Yeah. Um, Jack Billings, again, he looked like he was just sort of going with the flow. Uh, he, did, he scored a little bit better this week. Uh, a lot of that came in the last few minutes of the last quarter, though. 81 Look, I'm, I'm holding him just because I kind of have to at the moment. There's too many other issues in my team. Same. And he did the same thing last year. He was terrible at the start, and then he just dominated from about midway through the year. I'm hoping that he's going to flick a switch at some point. Yeah. And because if we hang, him, hang on to him all year, and he's one of those top guys at the end of the year, it doesn't matter that he's lost money. Exactly. You know, money doesn't really come into it there. Obviously, other people will pick him up cheaper. That's great for them. But that doesn't matter when finals happen. So... You know, if, if you've got him, I would probably keep him unless you don't have other problems, uh, in which case, yeah, ship him on to someone who you think might be better, like a Lance Franklin or something like that. Yeah, sounds uh, good. Who else? We, I know Jack's, no, not Jack Steele, uh, Kobe Stevens, he's uh, been struck down with Delayed concussion. concussion. He's going to be out for an indefinite period. Cause mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and yeah, Dylan Robertson obviously has had that, uh, that injury we just talked about, well, not even an injury, just a... Um, like murmur or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly, so poor... Uh, unfortunate for him. Uh, Seb Ross had a down game, which was, uh, you know, I thought Rob Ross was going to actually be quite consistent throughout this year. He was averaging over 116 up until this week. Mm. I, I think that's a bit of a blip. St Kilda in general were just terrible in this game. I think they'll pick up a little bit next yeah, week. Jack Stevens scored two less points than Seb Ross as yeah, well, which that's... is worrying. Um, you feel pretty much the same way about him? Yeah, I think, look, St Kilda were just terrible this game. I think at some point they will pick up, and they, they played the Cats at the Cattery. So that's that's a tough game. Which is tough. Yeah, so, and it was a wet day again. So, you know, hopefully they can get their act together and start performing. Because I, I don't think Stephen had a mark. Stephen didn't get a mark in this game, and only two tackles. So yeah. It doesn't get a hell of a lot easier for them next week, though, they got the Giants. Oh, they do, but at least it's the Giants at home. So, you know, under the roof, they might be a little bit better there. Yeah. Uh, what we're going to do now is, uh, I think that's everyone we want to talk about. So we're going to cut the podcast in half. We're going to come back. 
Uh, we've got some questions to answer. One through Risk It for the Biscuit. A little bit of a new segment, actually, mm, we yes. want to bring in. It'll so, be interesting. Yeah, join us up next, guys.